0: This is episode 45 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, and today we are back with part two of our fees discussion with Edgar Vincent Clark. So if you missed the last episode, which was episode 44, where we talked all about using fees as your primary tool, gave a little history, myth-busting, and how to clean that scope, we're going to continue with more myth-busting today. And also talk about using fees in the LTAC settings with vent and trach patients, also the reflux finding score, and how fees can really be used to help to educate your colleagues. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Welcome back, everyone. Happy middle of June. uh, Dysphagia Awareness Month, Aphasia Awareness Month, both going on. Um, Just wanted to remind everyone that there are show notes for every single episode. So uh, I got quite a few emails this week like, oh, I love this discussion. I want to find more about this paper. Where can I download this paper? I can't find this paper. They're always in the show notes. So if I end up talking about a paper or something that's not in the show notes, let me know, but check the show notes first. So you can always find those at com. Every single episode is listed there. Additionally, you can go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-Y-P podcast, and then the three digit episode number. Um, So yeah, you can download the show notes and they all have clickable links. So even you don't have to print out and retype back in the address to find that paper. They all have clickable links right in that show notes. So you're welcome for that. Um, And yes, since it is dysphagia awareness month, aphasia awareness month, reminder that MedBridge has that deal going on through the end of June. Uh, So using that promo code SYP, you can get a free upgrade to their premium plan. So Tons and tons and tons of wonderful CEUs on there. Great professors, great researchers, great clinicians educating everyone on just some awesome topics, not only dysphagia, they also have aphasia, they also have voice, lots of different other topics. So I don't want to just limit you just to dysphagia if you treat other patients. But yeah, so go to medbridgeeducation.com forward slash SYP if you want to learn more. In addition to the CEUs, you also get their home exercise builder, which is really good for patient engagement, patient interaction. There's patient handouts there and also access to their mobile app. So if you do use the SYP promo code, just know that I do get a small commission off that. Just want to be open and honest with you. And if you're a student, if there's grad students listening and you would love to get access to all that stuff as well, but you don't need the CEUs, you can use promo code student and then that would only be $75 for that premium plan. So um, it is good for one full calendar year from when you purchase. So if you purchase on June 30th, then it's good until June 30th of 2019. So take advantage of that before the end of June. And I thought I'd read some iTunes reviews today. I haven't read some in a while. I'm so close to getting 500 iTunes reviews. So if you guys can go to iTunes, enter and swallow your pride, click the album, and then you can click to review it. And if you leave me a review, it would be greatly appreciated. And oh yeah, don't forget to come see me on Instagram this month. I'm running that Instagram promo, so if you tag me at Teresa Richard SLP. And hashtag Swallow Your Pride Podcast. Take a picture of yourself listening to one of these episodes and do that. And someone at the end of the month is going to win one free membership for one full year to the Medical SLP Solution. So let's get to these iTunes reviews. So it says, I've been a traveling endoscopist for my company for 10 years and SLP for 12. Dysphagia has always been my love. But six years ago, when I began to have children, I lost sight of my passion. This podcast has confirmed so many things that I already knew, but had also shown me areas where I need to grow. I'm now going to start a newsletter that I will circulate to my SLPs that I provide fees for so that I can get these evidence-based treatments and ideas to them in an easy-to-digest way. I'm also going to pursue becoming a board-certified swallowing specialist, which I was going to pursue six years ago before I had my first child keep doing what you are doing, Teresa. It's making a difference. And that is from Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so glad that you're encouraged to get out there and spread the good word. That's really the whole point of this. And Athena. Oh, thank you, Athena, for leaving a review. It says, I'm definitely an audio learner, which I totally am too, hence why I started this. Um, I love the ability to pop on a podcast in the car and listen. Thank you for your diligent hard work and helping SLPs everywhere to learn more. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you, Athena. That was sweet. And last one, I have found this podcast to be an excellent resource. I love the variety in the presenters and that the show notes are always available with more resources and references to great articles. This podcast has definitely improved my practice and made me a better, more informed SLP. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And that was Amanda SLP. So thank you, Amanda, for writing that. That's it for today. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode with Vince.
1: You know, Teresa, I think one of, one of the things that, uh, we discussed during our CEU at St. Louis was, um, how we're looking at the same things a lot of times with modifieds and fees, but you see them in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, I think certainly uh, one of the myths that has, that has been propagated is that you, you don't see as much. You know, we're, um, often reminded that we can't directly see how laryngeal movement um, or are are directly see laryngeal vestibule closure, or, or do a follow through into the esophagus, um, but then you know, the question arises: What is it that you can't necessarily see with a modified barium swallow study that that we can see with fees? And I and I think, you know, if you're talking about detecting. You know, potential reflux and I, you know, and I, I say that, um, and also give the caveat, you know, that we're not the one doing the diagnosing. Um, you know, um, uh, we have, we certainly are able to determine, um, what the tissues and look like, you know, as we're doing, as we're doing fees. And, um, I don't know of any com- comparison studies or even If it's possible to do a comparison study of, you know, identifying reflux or retrograde movement of the bolus with uh, modifieds versus fees, but I would I would dare say that it's it's um, probably more sensitive with fees because to see the changes to the structures, I I, I think if you'll listen to, um, I think if you'll look at, you know. People are talking about identifying esophageal dysfunction. And um, I, I certainly think that our ability to identify potential reflux, retrograde movement of the bolus, um, LPR, uh, those type of things. I think that we are certainly um, as sensitive, if not more sensitive to that with fees than we are um, with a modified barium swallow study. I mean, oftentimes you scope somebody and, you know, immediately, hey, um, this person's got problems. Yeah. There are, there are super high, super sensitive to everything. Um, and it has nothing to do with where the bolus is going. Just, just how inflamed and, um, pathological the the tissues looked yeah uh, in relate in relation to something like lPR yep, so um you know no, we don't see the same things, but I think it's well I had uh, a
0: woman I, I had a woman the other day that the um the s l p called because she was really stumped, the woman just had all these complaints of just like pain with swallowing, she was avoiding yes. so many foods and they couldn't really figure out why, and she had an MBS at the hospital, and the MBS was totally fine. Um, they actually sent her for an EGD because they were concerned it was something further esophageal. It was completely – EGD came back completely normal. I stuck the scope down there, and, like, the minute I got down there, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I, it was just the gnarliest LPR I had probably ever seen wow. in my life. And, you wow. know, she had been on just some really low-dose – PPI, um, and th- I think they actually, the um, the daughter was telling me that they had switched to some um, like generic brand of PPI, and it wasn't the PPI yeah. that she had been using for so long. Um, but I just think, you know, we helped this woman so much. You know, she had had a modified, she'd had an EGD, everything came back good, and to know that it was really just this horrible LPR that she was experiencing.
1: Right. Right and um if if you go back and listen to dr blicker's uh episode you know i think i think fees is a this is a superior exam for identifying l p r and being able to get people to in into the right you know who at the e n t or or g i doctor you know we uh, our populations that we see i mean statistically we can expect that um, most of those people have some instance of LPR, yeah. I believe, or reflux in, yeah. in general. So um, we can't, you know, it may not be something that we can treat as SLPs, but again, it's about getting them to the right place. Yeah. So uh, what, else, what else do we, you know, one of the things that amazes, I, I, this is not a term that I see anybody else use. But I have started referring to all the bumps and, 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 and crags and outcroppings that I see doing fees. I kind of call it the, the pharyngeal topography of the patient. And so, you know, we really get that 3D map view of someone's pharyngeal stage and there's so much value. In that, Um, you know, you don't realize how things like cysts or polyps or um, enlarged structures uh, affect bolus flow, you know, of of, of foods or can be the very things causing that cough. I I tell the story of a patient, uh, probably it was 2013, I believe um, he had a huge what turned out to be. a mucosal cyst, and it was about the size of a thumb. Oh my God! And it and it sat in such a way in his throat that it strummed his epiglottis like a like a guitar. And every time he would swallow, this huge cyst would just brush against his epiglottis and cause him to cough. And so, what people were seeing is he swallows and he coughs he must be aspirating. Right. He must be penetrating. So let's put him on honey thick liquids and a puree diet. And even though this didn't change anything or help, they never took him off of this diet. So to be able to go in and find something that was so easily fixed by an ENT once it was identified. Yep. Um, but it was being viewed as an oral pharyngeal dysphagia, not as... um in you know a structure that needed to be addressed by a physician. Yeah, and I think that's where fees excels in being able to see those type of of structural changes directly. Yeah, while we're providing the exam again, not in any way downplaying the advantages that a modified has. They they certainly have their advantages, but just. To let people know that, you know, if you're not getting fees because you're worried about missing something, you're not getting fees for the wrong reason.
0: Right. That
1: that is not a good reason. Right.
0: I do want to back up a little bit. Um, We were talking about reflux, and I know, you know, a lot of people say you can't see reflux with fees. True. That's a true statement. It's not. You can't see. at At times you can. Go ahead. Elaborate on that. Well, you can
1: see, you know, you definitely can see retrograde movement of of bolts back into the the pharyngeal stage. I can't tell you if those contents um, are directly from the stomach, which would constitute reflux, or if they are propelled from the esophagus back up into um, the pharyngeal stage. But again, with the LPR conversation, We certainly see the damage that this is caused that call that the those two things cause over time easily. Um, you know, that's that's why I told you I'm not really aware of any studies that compare. You know, can you identify this with a modified as easily as you can with the fees? Can I scope somebody and say, yep, that person probably consistently has retrograde movement of the bolus versus a modified findings. Yeah. Um, I would dare say that they're that they're both as sensitive with fees being more sensitive to certain aspects uh, yep. of it. Um but I don't have but I don't have a paper in my hand to back that up. Maybe someone else does.
0: Yeah. I had a patient the other day that the, the SLP called me in because she just said, you know, the sky's been on was pretty, I think it was puree and honey. She said he'd been on it for for years and he just has this cough all the time, just like a chronic cough. And she's like, I don't even know if he needs to be on this. I don't know, you know, what's going on. And the wife is standing there too. We did the scope and it was uh, maybe about three minutes in, he took a sip of orange juice and he just, it was the weirdest thing because he just started doing this like dry heaving thing and we were like, what is going on? What's about to happen? And I just was like, I think he's about to reflux or regurgitate all of this. And all of a sudden, the orange juice just came right back up from the UES and just spilled right over into the laryngeal vestibule. He coughed like crazy. And the wow. wife was like, "That this is the spell. This is what he does all the time that we can't figure it out. So I said to her, it's not what's going down, it's what's coming up, you know. That's right. Um so in these in that in that case it was a really cool, compelling case for you know, the importance of fees. But
1: well, and you and you and I you and I both had um uh, you know some great videos. Yeah. During during our CEU um looking at what this reemerging bolus can do and how it works and you know, I've got, I've got one video in particular, um, that I've labeled slow reflux. And it's kind of like this, uh, creeping, creeping reflux that keeps coming up. And eventually it just kind of snakes its way over into the airway. And about five minutes into the fees is when this guy starts coughing. And he doesn't present anything like you would think, um, reflux would look like, but it's absolutely uh this retrograde mood of the bolus um coming back up over and over again that leads to his leads to his dysfunction.
0: Yep. Um but anyways what I was gonna say was uh, especially with some of the SLPs in our course last week, I didn't realize that some of them hadn't heard of the reflux finding score. Um, Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to talk. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I know people kind of always ask me, like, what do you look for when you're, you know, when you make a referral that you're suspecting LPR? Um, and the reflux finding score is what we both use. And it, you know, it is very subjective, but it gives you a score. I think that is enough to kind of convince. You know, a physician to make a referral for an ENT consult or a GI consult. You know, so I think sometimes it's hard to just state our case to the doctor, like, hey, I think they might need a referral to GI, because sometimes it's not that easy to get these patients to that appointment. So I think having something concrete, even though it is subjective, such as the reflux finding score, to say, hey, you know, anything above a 7 is considered. I, I believe it's like if it's above a 7, it's with like 98% accuracy or something that they have LPRD. So, you know, to say, hey, you know, this person got a 15 on the reflux finding score, I think it's worth further investigation. That
1: Right. I'm sure you can put that in the show notes too. Yes, I can. We've been rambling on for a while now.
0: Is there anything else you want to cover?
1: So Teresa, do you ever get referrals where people ask you to uh do they want you to come because they're concerned about the patient's voice? Yes. That's something that that's something that I get a lot of. And and I have to remind people, I have to say we, well, you know, this is a swallowing examination. So um your patients have trouble having trouble coughing, right? That's that's the problem. And so we you know, we can look, we can do a general examination um of of physiology uh with fees, and yep. kind of get a good idea of where to go next, anything you want to add to that as far as no voice I, I just just or... I always think it's interesting
0: when we find like a like a paralyzed vocal fold or something you know and and you can tell obviously that that's you know what's right. leading to the bolus flow and the you know bolus being aspirated is that you know vocal cord that's just falling over midline
1: well i think it's I think it's real important for people to remember. To how important being able to cough is you know having a a somewhat normalized cough because that's you know ultimately that 's our last line of defense if everything else if everything else fails and whatever it is we 're trying to keep out of our airway gets in our airway, then we want right. to be able to expel it you know so um you know, looking you know, using using fees to assess cough function um and then how we treat it is is uh, an awesome use of of this technology yep. awesome. of the of the system. What
0: about um like patients on trachs or vents?
1: Yeah, I've I've really had some eye opening experiences lately with trachs and vents. Um going to LTACs and going to uh facilities that that have people on vents and and that is, is that, you know, if these is not available, it is often so hard to get these people out for visualizations that, um, at least in, at least in my settings, I, I know that they're, I know that mobile modifieds are available in, in some states. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but a lot of times those patients just weren't getting any kind of visualization. Um, uh, they were waiting for a doctor to go in and just kind of saying, Right. Okay, let's start right. feeding this patient and see what happens. And 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 that sounds kind of that sounds like I'm making a joke, but I yeah. literally heard a physician say that. Okay, we've got to pull the trigger. Um, You know, let's go ahead and and start feeding this patient and see what happens. And we were like, oh, well, we're here to do a fees. Why don't yeah. we do it this way? Why don't we you know try it this way instead of you know just just starting with food. Yeah, I think with, uh, with our trach and vent population, um, fees yeah. is the preferred method of doing a swallow assessment. It is going to be, uh, so much easier on the patient. You know, you get that direct view of the anatomy you're most interested in. You can really assess that's a, po- you know, it's a population where swelling and um uh, uh changes in structure from tubes being placed and um extubations and intubations is so important. So so most definitely um you know to really advocate for fees in the in that LTAC setting. I'm I'm really shocked at how many LTACs don't have access to that or don't find it. Um, necessary to have fees available, but I really think that it's, you know, um, I really think that it is something that, um, if it could really be explored w- would show that it, that it probably yep. pays for itself many times over in that setting. I had one, um, you know, uh, administrator tell me that TPN feedings, the bagged feedings, that they use with some of the patients there run $2,000. Yeah. And, and the sooner they can get people off of those, um, the more likely they are to save being able to make some sort of profit on those patients. And, uh, SNFs just will not accept patients on TPN feedings. They can't afford it. There's no way they can break even, um, with the payment they receive. So, um, you know, being able to get in there and do a visualization with the fees is is so very important in moving the patient forward and making progress. Right. In many ways.
0: Right. I know. Um, there was one patient that I spoke with that the family was adamant that they get out for a modified because they they didn't have fees at the time, and with transporting the vent in like a medical van, you know, like, kind of like an ambulance type thing, the cost of that transportation, that specialized transportation made the cost of the modified variant soil study to be twenty five hundred dollars. So right, I mean yeah. just you know, you think of that and then you think of, you know, people say, well there's a cost. Of course there's a cost. It's a couple hundred bucks to do a fees. You know, so in that case, I mean, like you said, they all they can help pay for themselves over time.
1: Right. Yeah. I've 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 not had anything but but positive responses to fees um in the LTAC that I go to and we've and I've seen a, a definite increase in the number of referrals with encouragement to do them coming from administration, yep. which is the, which is the opposite of what we're used to hearing a lot of times. Right. Um, you know, and, and that brings uh, to another point, um, how easy it is to go in buildings and educate people that aren't clinicians using, using these. And, and uh, I, I think that has definitely been a high point for me, yeah, to be able to take the equipment in to have um, administrators, uh, finance finance people, whoever it may be, come into a room. It always seems like the fees turns into a big party. It does wherever <laughs> I go.
0: Yeah, but, you
1: know, yeah. There's like ten, fifteen people 12, breathing
0: down your neck. Yeah,
1: people <laughs> watching the procedure. Yeah. Um, what? Just what a fantastic opportunity for. For education, I, yeah. I've, I've had actually more than one administrator now tell me that the best thing about us doing fees in their building is that they no longer had to have those really uncomfortable care plan conferences where you sit around the table and, you know, the patients, the patients upset, the families crying and uh, nobody wants Mama to be on honey thick liquids, and all the clinicians are explaining why, you know, Mama's going to to die if she doesn't drink it or whatever the whatever it may be. Uh, it seems like that never happens anymore. Like yeah. I, I, I have not had that experience or had to deal with that in in the five years that I've been doing fees. Yeah. It seems like that everybody can see that. You know, if a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah then fees must be worth a million. Yeah. Because it's so self explanatory. And I had um I had a nurse the other day that was standing behind me and she started calling out every time she saw aspiration and she was spot on. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, oh I saw aspiration. Oh they're aspirating. Yeah. Oh, I saw aspiration. And I'm like, you're you're getting it. You're yeah. seeing it. Yeah. So um such a powerful tool yeah. for for education with, with
0: patients. Yeah. I mean, I know we're kind of oversimplifying it here. Um, but I think that's how we have to educate people. You know, I mean, there, there is so much more to just, you know, seeing the green dye go down the trachea and saying they're aspirating. Yes. I mean, we, well, we obviously are commenting and on our reports on all the physiological impairments that we see and all the impressions sure. that we see. But I think. Like you said, you know, even the other day I had, I was at, um, an LTAC and I had an OT and the nurse practitioner standing behind me doing the fees. Um, and like you said, the, the patient really wanted to try hamburger. So we tried the hamburger and the NP was just shocked. You know, she's like, Oh my gosh, it's going near airway, but she coughed it out. Like, and, and right. same thing, you know, like she, I mean, it's not rocket science, you know, but, yeah. but the fact that these, you know, super busy, you know, medical professionals can just, hop in a room real quick and get a visualization with us and see what's going on and have everything kind of all of a sudden make sense. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: so. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's that, that is, that is for me, the greatest joy of doing fees is being able to turn that screen around and say, Hey, let's watch the video. Or yeah. would you like to see, or let me explain to you why this is important or not important or, or what we're thinking.
0: Yeah. I kind of want to comment, too, is I I really just love the relationship that I have with the SLPs and the buildings that I do fees with, because I think, you know, a lot of times we, with, you know, you see it on Facebook all the time, like, everyone's constantly venting. Like, I got this horrible report, I tried to call the hospital, the SLP wouldn't talk to me, or they had some weird, obscure reason for recommending Nectar, you know, whereas when we're doing these, these mobile fees and, and, you know, I guess you could say this with mobile modifieds too, but I've just never lived in a state where mobile MBS was a thing. So that's, that's where I'm coming from with this Um, or where mobile MBS was allowed or legal. So that's where I'm coming from with this, but, you know, to just go in and ask the SLP, you know, what's been going on, what's the complaint, what are the patient's goals, you know, and then they watch the fees with me and I give my recommendations and then the SLP says, well, that's great, but they probably won't follow through with that. Or you know maybe could we try this and so I think it just putting a, a few heads together I think can really help to come up with a solid treatment plan instead of paying playing this back and forth game like well I'm recommending that well they're not going to do that you know
1: you know again it's about everybody being on the same page in the same place yeah looking at the same thing and you know so often I don't know what I I don't know what the problems have been or what. The expectation is, or, or what the physician may want out of this, until I get there. And if you'd have the same problems if you were doing fees off in some outpatient setting where you didn't get to talk to anybody. Just being able to 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 go to their location and 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 have this conversation with everybody makes such a makes such a huge difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually had a I had a rehab director call me the other day. I think he's like a regional rehab director. Um, interested in getting contract. And he said, I just want to know, would you, would you take the time to actually educate the patient and the family and the nurses when you come in and do this procedure or do you just come in and do it and leave? And I said, no, that is a huge part of what I do. And I think that's why I love what I do so much because I try to remember the human aspect of this. And I'm talking with the patient and I'm talking with the family and I want to make sure that all of our goals are aligned and I'm not going to make a recommendation that the patient's going to turn around and be sobbing because it's not what they want. You know, we're all going to work together and get on the same page and I'm going to educate them as to why I'm recommending this. I'm going to show them on the video why I'm recommending this, you know, and like you said, a picture, you know, means a thousand or what, whatever the stupid thing is. Yeah,
1: yeah. But <laughs> right. it does. Leave, leave the analogies to me.
0: Yeah. 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 But, um, Because I did have a family that was just so resistant to any type of modified diet or they were resistant to everything. They didn't want anything done. But kind of when I just, I I think it was just like a compensatory strategy. I think we did like a head turn or something and it just eliminated the aspiration. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe we should have mom do that now. You know, so it's just, it's not rocket science, but it's just these eye-opening conversations that need to be had that sometimes aren't had when the patient's sent out to a different setting or not everybody's working together collaboratively.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: okay. I said my piece
1: me too uh, and I think that we um I think that we were able to to continue the conversation we started at our c e u event yeah um pretty well you know outlining some of the some of the great benefits of of these yeah it- and 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 what makes such a huge difference you know i guess I guess what we really need to strive for is. Um, it's, it's, for me, it's never about a thesis is better than a modified. I would, I would love for everybody to have access to both. I, w- I wish that it worked that way right. for all of us. Right. Um, but I will uh, but until we get there, right. I want people to make rational decisions yep. about, about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And not feel like they're compromising by asking for one test or the other. Right. You know, get something when right. you're seeing your patient. Right. And um, you know, a a uh, if you can only get a modified, so be it. You right. know. But realize that maybe you're not seeing the whole picture. Same right. goes for fees. Right. Maybe all this will change down the down the line. It's it's You know, unfortunately, it's all a matter of finance. Is what it boils down to. Yeah. But um, I I do, I do just want people to know that that uh, um, they they should be getting something. Yes. And hope and hopefully we've made that impression on at least.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's where my whole passion stems from. Is just I'm so pro instrumentation. So, I mean, if you can get your patient modified before they leave the hospital, that's fantastic. It's just. That's really what drives me. You know, like I said, I've never lived in a state where mobile MBS was legal. So this was the only option for me. So that's why I ran with it.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, No, so I mean, I I know that like me and you talk about fees and how wonderful it is all the time. And I think I just expected that everybody else on the planet thought so too. Um, and (laughs) <laughs> and then I know it's such a shock, isn't it? It is. It is. And then, you know, even when we did our CU course last week and these are SLPs that are doing fees, but there was still other things that we talked about that they didn't know about. So I think that's really why we wanted to do this episode because there, right. it, it really is beyond the basic exam. You know, there is so much more that we can do with fees that a lot of people don't realize. So.
1: Well, and I, and I think what you're hitting on is you can have and this is not a comment on uh, the the group that we talked to last week were wonderful. And there were some very advanced dysphagia pr- practitioners yeah. amongst that group. Yes. So this is not a comment about them at all. Please don't take it this way, but it just goes to show you, you can have all the best tools in the world, but you still got to know how to use them. Absolutely. You know, if, 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 if your only tools a hammer, then every problem is going to look like a nail. And so you've, you've got to be able to, to understand what it is um, you're looking at and what you're looking for. And it's that knowledge base that sometimes makes what we do look like magic. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, that's really how it feels. Just knowing, you know, that I, that I read this article or I went to this CEU course because me and you both spend a lot of time in CEU courses and, and reading articles, as do a lot of the people that we hang out with in the dysphagia world. Um, I was looking at my CEUs last night because I couldn't remember I had enough, you know, and I I think I'm like up to nine already for the next two years or whatever it is. And we only have to have what, like three. Yeah. Yeah. So we're constantly being bathed in yeah. in dysphagia information. Yeah. And it's, and it's that knowledge that, that, Makes fees or modifieds or whatever um, work.
0: Yeah, well, I think I world, do want to. I, I did have a conversation with one of the SLPs last week about um, training for fees, and yes. I know that that the ASHA competencies are kind of a gray area, um, and there is no set, you know, regulation or there's no certificate. There's no certification <laughs> program. And I just want to say that I think what's really important is that you do go attend a good basic course first and then go to someone for competency passes that has been doing this a long time and is experienced. Um, Because I think sometimes since the ASHA requirements are not really requirements, they're a very gray area, we kind of have the blind leading the blind in some situations. So that's what I was just telling the one girl last week is that I really recommend you go to a solid basic course with a good, you know, instructor and then find good mentors that have been doing it for a while.
1: And there and there are a lot of good courses going on. What yeah. really what's amazed me is um I've like you I've been to multiple different basic courses where I've either just went to get the CEU credit or I've went, um, and participated in the, in, in helping teach the course. And I've learned something different in every one of those courses. Yeah. You know, I, I, I and I was like, wow, you know, um, there's so many different perspectives to this, to the same exam. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been to Emory's course. I've been uh, to, uh, Quarry, Dr. Crary's course, and then I did one with um that I helped teach with Lori Burkhead and uh Lori Morgan, Dr. Morgan. And in each one of those courses, how everything was presented was just a little bit different. Yep. All information and and I picked up something new from every one of them. So yep. yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not cookbook um cookie cutter information it, it's it's very um different depending on everybody's perspective
0: yeah but I think the important take home message is that you go to one of them
1: yeah so, absolutely yeah go to one
0: <laughs> yeah anything until else
1: I think so until we figure out something else to laugh about. about later in the later in the future
0: okay well thanks so much Vince it was so good seeing you again
1: you too have a great weekend you as well all
0: right. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming.